Welcome to the How's Your Soul podcast. My name is Andrew, and you are listening to Season 1, Episode 23, Good Friends. In this episode, a good friend of mine joins me for the very first time live in my living room, where we begin to unpack stories of adventures that we've had, seasons of risk and rest, and begin to discuss what it means to come back to the church when both of us have experienced wounds from our previous church experiences. It's a wild ride. It's full of stories and ideas about both our past and our future, and I'm excited to dive right on in. So I have a really special guest on this particular episode. I'm so stoked. She is a awesome friend. Uh, she can sell anything in the world. That's true. Easily. That's very true. She's an adventure junkie and she travels every other weekend because she loves adventure. That's true. I've been gone from my house for eight weekends in a row. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that goes to show. So an official welcome to the podcast to Joanna Stallcup. She is here live I'm in live. the living room. You can call me by my other names as well. I go by Vanilla Smoke. Yeah, that's her rapper name. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you got options. I'll actually probably, yeah. So her, her real name is Joanna, but I'll probably refer to her as nanners or joe nanners throughout this podcast yeah. too much context there but just by habit now <laughs> um so she's here she's live my wife's in the kitchen this is in the living room this is real yeah. raw uncut it's gonna be great um so we were hiking yesterday we were hiking chasm lake in rocky mountain national park so beautiful so good the first half rained yeah but then it opened up yeah actually most of our day was in the rain. Yeah, most of it, and then but... it rained at the end. Yeah, yeah, and then we cooked hot. And then we cooked but hot dogs in the rain. Were beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the views are beautiful. Um, and we were talking as we usually do about everything. Literally everything. Yeah, we're talking about our friendship. We're talking about the soul. We're talking about church. We're talking about. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> organic eating. <laughs> organic eating, friendships, yeah. adventure, family. That family. Came up a lot. Gosh, there was so much. Yeah. And then we we're like, let's just turn it into a podcast. So here we are. So here we are. It's going to be great. I was thinking about what to title this, which I haven't done the intro. Oh. I, do, I usually do the intros after the guests because it depends on what we talk about. But literally, I was like, I'm just going to title this episode A Good Friend. <laughs> because it's that. like, I don't really know where this conversation is going to go. <laughs> this could go anywhere. It's going to go anywhere. So I was like, let's just talk about a good friendships <laughs> and everything that comes with that. And it'll be great. Um, so I think we, yeah. So usually we do intros. On like how we oh, met and everything. like if so, how to get into the... Yeah, so we'll get into that. And so we met in college. Uh, I was two years ahead of you. Yeah. We were both in our undergrad. How you many were... years ago was that now? Because we're... Oh, let me see. It was I'm a lot. My head. 2015? I feel like nine. No, no, no. Eight. Eight years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. Yeah, you were an RA in our sister dorm. I was a... SLC or whatever the heck they were calling it at the time. (laughs) Changed like literally every year. And we had a small group of friends. We hung out. Then you got to know my family because my family moved to Virginia. Yeah. And both my sisters needed 
a friend. A friend. But then I really liked them. And they were cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to hang out with them. Um, then I graduated, but then I pursued my master's and we kept in touch. Yeah. We actually did the same master's program, but he graduated like right before I started it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then when I graduated from my master's, you, yeah, then you jumped into the program. So we kept yeah. in touch then. And then it all became downhill when I became a pastor. <laughs> I think that's like the defining moment. I became a pastor and our relationship, mostly because of me, just went straight downhill. Yeah, I like, it's so hard to explain, but basically we were super good friends yeah. for several years. Yeah. And then we just were not friends at, at all. all. Yeah, which, I mean, we weren't, we didn't hate each other. I didn't egg his house or no, anything, yeah. but we literally like sat down and said, this isn't working. Let's yeah. not be friends anymore. Like we actually did that. Yeah. Yeah. So Which for... sounds so dramatic, but part of the reason we had that conversation was because you were still good. Well, obviously you were close friends with your family, but I was super good friends yeah. with his family. And yes. so we were still like running into each other at these events, yes. but like no friendship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we literally, Joanna scheduled a meeting <laughs> and we sat down at the church patio yeah and we're like you're like what is this what are the expectations and we're like let's just not be friends yeah which was kind of i feel like we were both but we're both like yeah okay cool yeah Yeah. and then we just kind of moved on from that yeah for like years yeah because then how long was that was that multiple years i was trying to figure out i think it was either it was about two years then after that that we still lived in the same area yeah. and we still had like the same circle of people. Yeah. But and we you would hang out with my hurt. family still all the time. And I would still yeah. hang out with my family. But yeah. literally like anytime we saw each other, we just like didn't really talk to each other. <laughs> Brief nod of acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how it was. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. And then, okay, then yeah. So then you you finished up your master's. Yeah. And then I was still being my whatever pastor self. Well, no, because then I got fired. Yeah, what was the so the timeline? Did you get fired my last year? Yeah. Oh. And then and then I became a professor at Liberty. You, and yeah, and you were finishing up. Yeah. Grad school. So we were still in the same area. Yeah. At the same school. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we haven't yeah. really moved anywhere. <laughs> and then share your how you got to the point where you ended up calling me because okay. that is a weird. <laughs> that's weird how it got to that point. So basically, so me and Andrews, like I said, me and his family were really close. Mm. And by really close, like I traveled with his sister and his parents to his grandparents' house yeah, for yeah. a family vacation once. Yeah. <laughs> Would be at their house like once a week. But his mom, shout out to Joy if you're listening, <laughs> was super influential to me all throughout college. And she, his parents had this thing where they were pretty invested in college kids. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it looked different every year that I was there, but every year they were doing something super intentional with people within that age. Yeah. And so she would meet up with me once every couple weeks and just talk through my problems, <laughs> give me some really solid advice. Yeah. And we were doing that. We were at Panera and I was telling her, hey, I'm getting ready to graduate in a couple months, kind of filling her in on what my next moves were. And I was at the time going to go to Glacier National Park and be a tour guide, which how I ended up on that path is, should I go that deep? Just share the story where where you figured out where Montana was. (laughs) (laughs) That'll paint context. So... When I was looking at jobs, getting ready to graduate with my master's, I randomly wanted to go to Montana. Yeah. Was obsessed with Montana, exclusively looked for jobs in Montana. Yeah. But I didn't actually know where Montana was. I don't know how I got obsessed with it. 
how did you why montana i don't know but you're like fixed on it yeah Yeah. i yeah i was fixating on montana but had no reason to be fixated on it i just decided i feel like most people post-graduation are like where am i gonna live okay what's my salary gonna be what are my job options i'm like where am i gonna live the word montana pops in my brain everything's about that now (laughs) and so So I was looking for jobs there and I'll never forget sitting at my desk after I had been exclusively looking for jobs in Montana for three months, not applying anywhere else. And I just opened up a map of the United States of America and finally saw where Montana was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't move there. This is right by Canada. (laughs) And so I had to like rearrange my plans because I grew up in Michigan, didn't want to deal with the cold again, but I still wanted to live in Montana ended up reconnecting with a couple people I had met once in my life right. two years before yep. that got me a seasonal job so that I was able to move to Montana for four months instead of like long-term move yeah. there. And um, the job that they connected me with was being a bus driver on one of the sketchiest roads in all of America. Yes. <laughs> and so basically I was going to move to the park and then tell people about the park and drive them around on these historic buses. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I was filling your mom in on that day. And then, and then I had, yeah, so I was no longer a pastor. I was a professor. Yeah. And, but I was so done with all of that. I was done with Virginia. I was done with going to the church that I was going to. I was like so fed up with it and so frustrated. <laughs> oh, we went to the same church our whole undergrad. Yes, too. that's true. Which we'll talk about because yeah. we have <laughs> things to share. Um, but somehow i can remember like verbatim i don't know when it was specifically uh it was towards the end of the semester yeah yeah. we were getting really close to when i was leaving yeah yes that's right and graduation was in may yeah and i knew that that's when i was freed up and i didn't want to keep pursuing teaching so i was like looking for a job looking for a job i was like i was like desperate i was like (laughs) and but all i was i wasn't i wasn't asking god to like give me a job in virginia i was like god i want a job like anywhere else but virginia (laughs) And, get me out of here. Yeah, get me out of here. And then you called. I was sitting on my couch, and I don't even know what I was doing. I don't. Remember, but I was sitting on my couch, and then you called, and I was like, "What in the world?" What did you think when you saw my name pop up on your phone? Because guys, this was two years. This after is two we years after. Yeah, other. like saying we're not gonna be in a friendship anymore. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, "Well, this is weird," and I, <laughs> I really like for a second. I was like, "I'm just gonna let it go to like voicemail," but then I was like. This is too weird not to answer. <laughs> so then I answered. And then on your end, I was obviously like the last person you were going to call for it. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Lit- so, so as I'm at Panera meeting with his mom, talking about, about all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling her, hey, yeah, I'm thinking about inviting Caroline, which is Andrew's sister, to yeah. come with me. Yeah. And she goes, no, I don't think Caroline would want to do that. But could you invite Andrew? Yeah. <laughs> and. I don't, did your family know that we had had that like kind of falling out? I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> we're both too prideful. We yeah, didn't I, don't think it, I don't think my parents really <laughs> yeah. do any of that. Maybe they did, I don't know. So I don't think she knew that we weren't like friends or whatever, yeah. but it was like, I I think I told her no at first. And then she's like, yeah, could you just like see it? Cause I was like, he's not going to do that. Yeah. She's like, what if you just asked him? Yeah. And so I was like, Okay, so we end our hangout, and I call Andrew. And to this day, I don't even know why I called you. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> even on the list of yeah. people that she was going to talk to. Like, of all the people, I would not want to come with. Yeah, me. I'd be I'm, on that yeah. list. Yeah, <laughs> that was you. But I, I remember calling you and like, 
I don't even think we caught up. We didn't say hi. No. It was just like, hey, Andrew, want to move to Montana with me and drive a bus? Yeah. And then your response was so shocking. <laughs> and then we described it. It's funny. We were describing it the other day. I was like, if you remember in the Bible, so we're doing a Bible story. If you remember when Jonah had yes! to go to Nineveh yes. and share the story of redemption, and it was like the worst sermon ever preached. It was like, repent or you're going to die. That was it. There was nothing else. I felt like that's what the conversation with Joanna was like. She's like, I'm going to Montana and doing this job. I have no idea. Do you want to come? And I yeah. was like, <laughs> I basically painted it as like yeah, this could least be, convincing. This would be the worst thing you would ever want to do. do yeah, you yeah, do yeah, it? yeah, yeah. But I was, I was, I did. I in the moment, literally, I was like, this is from. I knew that it was from God. Like in the moment, oh, for some reason, yeah, because good. it was so weird. I've never heard you say it that. It was before. so weird. So I said yes, like in the moment, and then of course for the next like ten minutes, I was like, <laughs> she thought I was like just being a jerk and like joking around yeah. and like you know playing with her or whatever yeah. and then i had to convince you that i was i was serious i think I really up until we were this. in a car driving to montana i still didn't think you were coming yeah that's right yeah and then i got losi to come along shout out to losi and then we did this whole road trip and then we're in yeah. montana yeah, and then i met my wife yeah. oh so i get full credit for andrew and his marriage that's really. right yeah because you helped <laughs> take that jonathan <laughs> yeah that's right that's right yeah yeah um but we were talking yesterday, like this whole story um, probably should never have happened in normal circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And then when we look at a lot of other, a lot of other friends that we've had where the relationship doesn't continue, it yeah. kind of sours. Yeah. We, that's kind of like the normality of relationships, right? They're like seasonal, yeah. they're going in and out. So for a relationship to end as poorly as it did with, with us and then to have it not only restored, but become a really strong relationship. I'm literally in their house in Colorado right now. Hanging. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging. Yeah. yeah. And it's so interesting because both of us, the fact that we had like sat down and had a meeting slash yeah, conversation so to formal. say we're not going to have a friendship, mm. like that's an extreme example. Yeah. But how many other friends have we not maybe had that conversation, but mm -hmm. things have kind of, like you said, soured and you get to that point where it's like, okay, this person was really close, but we're going to kind of go our separate yeah. ways. Yeah. And it never like comes back to be like, yeah. now we're like the best friends ever. Yeah. <laughs> and literally like, yeah, like to... To see where our friendship is at right now, yeah. even compared to what it was, yeah. it's been like transformed yeah. into something so much better than when we thought it was good to begin yeah. with. <laughs> and it wasn't without like additional harder conversations. Like we still yeah. had to work through that and had yeah. hard conversations about ourselves. Right. But what's unique, and I think so one of our talking points is that like this idea of redemption and restoration. We did I, we did a whole podcast with Johnny on forgiveness, yes. Jonathan. Yeah. And I think we kind of exemplified and lived that out in our relationship. Yeah. But it was like we both came to the table and it wasn't like you did this and you did this, yada, yada, yada. It was more like I was an arrogant asshole. And then you're like, well, I have a part to play in this too. Yeah. And like that opening up of yes. like our own shortcomings. Which was room. very rare for both of us, mm. I think. Yeah, we yeah, don't. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was so stubborn. Yeah. I was so stubborn. Yeah, and I'd never say that I was wrong. Um, and then you were stubborn, but you were more sweet about everything. I think I was more of the jerk in the whole thing. But yeah. then the fact that we both came common ground, start yes. from like zero, and then yeah. like somehow 
I don't even know how we did this, but we had like such a real conversation that like quite literally the past just became the past. Like we didn't yes. drag anything into the future. We lit. Yes. Yeah. And like we acknowledge what had happened. Yeah. We, I think we asked for forgiveness, yeah. but yes. moving forward, I think, and I think something that we talk about a lot is part of how we got to that stage of redemption yeah. or reconciliation is God was working in each of us yes. totally apart from us interacting for two years. And we talked about that too. You know? Like in that conversation, you, that it wasn't just like a reconciliation moment. Like we even affirmed one another. Like you'd say, yeah. you've really, like you've really changed in like however yes. much. And I was like, you've really changed. And there's yeah. like some affirming of what God was doing yeah. in our hearts. To be able to like get back together two years later and be yeah. like, oh my gosh, like God has been changing both of us. Yeah. And now because of what he did in each of us, something that literally couldn't work before was able to like thrive, Yeah, you know, which is so, but then crazy. we have our other situations where we're waiting on redemption. <laughs> yeah. Some things we yeah. are, some things yeah. we are, but I think going back to Jonathan's conversation, then tying it into this, it was like restoration. And we, we were talking about this with family, which I don't think yeah. we, we won't get too deep into the weeds there, yeah. but it was like restoration feels like it could really only happen when both people have like humbled themselves. Yes. And we were talking about, you talked about the prodigal son yes. as an example of like, oftentimes like maybe there is a space where like one mm. party comes to the table and like humbles themselves, but you yeah. could be in a case of like the older brother yeah. not wanting that, Yeah. which is like, dang. Cause I, I could totally feel that and see that yeah. in some of the relationships where I'm like, we've broken it off and I'm like, kind of happy yeah. that it's like that and that's what we that's what we were talking about which yeah. i don't think i've ever admitted but i have these you know we both have these couple other situations yeah. where it's like we've done our end that we're capable of doing with the humility acknowledgement yeah. and kind of puts us in quote unquote the older brother place where we're still at home we're right, chilling right. but there's still hard work for us to do in that because what if god redeems right. those relationships and brings that person back yeah, it's uncomfortable yeah like yeah. are we ready to accept them and to give them forgiveness or are we going to sit there and be pissed off that they yeah because either one of us i think it would have been like from a worldly perspective it would have been totally legit for either one of us to be like well you still did this so yes. i'm going to keep my like i'm going to keep my walls up yeah. even though you're coming and humbling yourself it's like no, I know who you were, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I'm not going to like open. I'm not going to fall for that again. Yeah, I'm not going to fall for that or I'm not going to extend hope that there's really anything here or whatever. Like yeah. it was cool to see both of us come to the table and and, and admit to one another our shortcomings, affirm yeah. one another in the way that we've grown yeah. and then really like leave the past in the past and move forward, which is ultimately in the prodigal son kind of story, it's like the, the father, son, whatever. It's like that paradigm, the older brother, we didn't really cling to that. Yeah, but we could have. We could have. <laughs> and sometimes it, when we look at other relationships, it's like, oh, it's so... I know. I can definitely see myself in that. Um, but we do a lot of adventuring. Yeah. We constantly do adventuring. You've been... Yeah. Give us your... You're always doing something. So, oh, you know I what? Know. Just talk about this week. Because this week <laughs> is like most people's like whole year. <laughs> Then you just did it in a week. Yeah. yeah. So I love traveling, guys. Like obsessed with it. Maybe to an unhealthy degree. Still processing like that part. <laughs> it like fills you up. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I have my job is very draining to me. Love what I do, but it does like yeah. drain me every week. And so every weekend I got to go do something fun. Mm -hmm. So this weekend I flew into Colorado. And first thing that I did was meet up with a couple friends and we hiked Capitol Peak 
which if you like hiking, amazing, kind of sketchy. I really wanted oh, yeah. Andrew to come. Once I got up there, I was like, what the frick was yeah, I yeah. thinking? So con- a context of that, you're just like, climbed a mountain. So yeah. it's it's not only a 14er. So for those outside of Colorado, that means 14,000 feet of elevation. Yeah. It's also deemed the most dangerous the 14er in the world. Um, well, it's the oh, hardest you can do without rope. So you can get more technical. Yeah. But it's like the most complicated you can do without having to yes. bring in rock. And the most gear. amount of people have died in on that 14er. In Colorado yeah. than any other 14er. Yeah. I think Long's Peak would be probably the would next be closest one. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. just casually did that on a Friday, <laughs> Friday, Came Saturday. sea level, which was horrible <laughs> to go from sea level to uh, 14,000 yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. But I, don't I did know how that, climbed down the mountain with my friends, who then we, within like a 12-hour time period, turned around, dropped me off at Andrew and Kayla's house. Yeah. And then we drove two hours to Rocky Mountain yeah. National Park. And, and it did a nine-mile hike. Yeah. It goes nothing. Nine mile and 2,600. <laughs> yeah. No we're big like, deal. We're like, we're the, we just need something chill. So we're going to do nine miles yeah. and like 3,000 yeah. feet. <laughs> yeah. And then came back. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, it was, and it was leaving flying out tomorrow but that's yeah. like that's not unusual for you yeah that's a very normal weekend. it's a very normal thing yeah yeah and then um but that's something that's really um that's like a huge priority for you yeah 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 because it does fill me up so much yeah and mm-hmm. i and i do think there's so I, I was reading a book called characters not characters king becoming a king by morgan snyder uh which i've referenced that on the podcast a bunch <laughs> And it does tap into this idea of like, actually, John Eldridge is like this a lot too. Yeah. Where he's talking about how the soul needs adventure. Mm. But a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So Joanna has a lot of stories. <laughs> we can, <laughs> so we have to, yeah, we have to figure out which ones not to share and which ones to share. But Joanna has like, like stories that happen all the time, like very unusual <laughs> stories all the time. Because she's always like out of her comfort zone doing something different. And then because of that, there's like weird stories happen all the time to her. Either it's like people do something weird and she's like, what the heck? (laughs) Or she's like in a weird circumstance. Like one time you took your friend out to somewhere in the Dakotas and and then you didn't have any camping equipment. And then you're like, I don't think the cheetahs will eat us or whatever like what what was that and that was her first time backpacking too this poor girl i i think she had never camped before yeah first time yeah first time camping and for i love adventure but i'm very bad at details (laughs) you're like let's just do it yeah Yeah. so i often show up on my adventures completely unprepared yeah none of the gear that i need yesterday no rain jacket things like that a fake rain jacket yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I I take this girl camping and I totally didn't have the poles for the tent. I didn't bring the yeah. whole frame yeah. for the tent. Um but I was like, well she's never been before. Like I might be able to convince her that it's normal to just lay yeah, out this tarp. That's how it is. That's how, that's the normal part <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> but she was you know, she laid on the tarp for like 10 minutes, got super scared. We jumped up, ran back to my car. We actually slept on top of my car. I yeah. don't know if you knew this. Um, but we like spread out our sleeping bags on the top of my tiny little Subaru and slept there all night. Because so. wasn't there, didn't you call like a, a a park friend of yours and they said, oh, the area that you're in has like a certain. Yeah, there was what? like, ki- there was something out there like animal wise. Yeah, coyotes like, yeah, or mountain lions or something. Just sleep on yeah, the ground. Yeah, you weren't supposed to sleep on the <laughs> ground exposed like that. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's ex- yeah. So you, you just full send adventure. Anyway, <laughs> I, bringing it back, I think a lot yeah. of people. We live in the comfortable because it's really easy for yeah. us to live in the comfortable. We get like a routine down. 
we we find the hobbies that are like comfortable for us to find an adventure i guess it looks different for like everybody but adventure oftentimes doesn't require us going too far out of our comfort zone and yeah you (laughs) every every adventure is out of your comfort zone or you're constantly pushing yourself to go out and do crazy things which is funny because you know, then we can, then it turns into a story it's where you look story, back yeah. and you're like, oh, there was this funny or this amazing memory. Yeah, yeah. But then if you stop and think about like the actual reality of that process, yeah. it is an adventure. It's amazing. It's beautiful, but it's mixed with so much chaos and suffering. Yeah, and, always. <laughs> you know, even Glacier, I would say we both look back on that as yeah. probably one of the most special. We keep yeah. referring to Glacier. We worked there for four months. Yeah lived in a little mountain area with no cell phone service. Yeah. We had to drive three hours to go to Walmart. <laughs> we And it was in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to drive to Canada yeah, to get our groceries so than yeah. actually Montana. <laughs> but, you know, we look back and we have a lot of friends, I think, that will be like, I'm so jealous that you had that experience, yeah. you know, kind of looking at that with envy. But it wasn't easy to get there. It was yeah, a very yeah. complicated process to experience that adventure. Yeah. And they see like the Instagram reels of like all the amazing moments and yeah. they don't see the us getting our CDL, us like working My around off, us going on like the 22 <laughs> miles to get to the view that we're taking a picture of, right? Like everything yeah. does take a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, and so oftentimes, yeah, people see that and they're like, oh, like I'm just going to not, I'm not yeah. going to do that. That's a little too yeah. much for me. I'll stay comfortable. Yeah. But I think, um, I don't know, when I look at the soul and I look at what the soul needs, you embody like the soul's desire for adventure probably more than I would say the only one comparable to you is Jonathan. Yeah. Johnny. You keep talking up. <laughs> we love you, Johnny. Yeah. And he takes it to he takes it a different way. To him it's always like a challenge. For you, it's more of like a joy filled thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like I gotta yeah, I gotta do this goal. Yeah. And Johnny's you're like, like I'm how much can I murder my body yeah, in yeah, the yeah. amount of hours? Yeah. And I'm like, how many flowers can I see? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm just here to enjoy it. Whatever happens, happens. But then through that, I think you get, and I think, I feel like this would apply to anyone, but it's, it's, it's definitely for you specifically. Like when you go on an adventure like this, you're able to go back to Mm. the more mundane or routine things. Yeah. But your soul is full. Yeah. It's like filled back up. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, we were having a conversation on the hike both of us come from a similar place where we were probably taught and told mm-hmm. that our soul, like in order to feel what we're feeling on an adventure, like the, the mm-hmm. f- fulfillness or the joy of that. Yeah. I think both of us grew up in an environment where we were kind of told like the only avenue to experience that fully is the, the church. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because so both of us, we have kind of similar backgrounds, kind yeah. of different, but I was explaining to him, I was like, the way that I feel on these type of things, which if you've never been on the hike or if you don't like the outdoors, you probably have something else similar. But to me, when I'm outside and I'm on a mountain and I'm seeing an alpine lake or a beautiful view, it just, it gives me such an energy, a peace, a joy. I just feel like this is what I was made to be Mm -hmm. and who I was, how I was made to live. Yeah. But the closest thing I ever experienced that or was told of how to experience that was through read your bible go to church you know sit down and memorize these scriptures things like that and i don't want to downplay the things the role that those things have Mm. because those can be Mm life-giving um but for me much of my life those things were not life-giving because they were turned into legalistic rituals yeah 
you know, so they were giving shame, guilt, shame, guilt. And so then I'm trying to get my soul filled up, trying to chase that wiring of how I made. Yeah. And it was crazy because the closest I've ever felt to the Lord was probably in Glacier when I wasn't going to church regularly because I lived hours from a location, you know, and I think that was when God finally started to show me just in existing, we can experience him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that these things are good. Yeah. 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 And we, we brought amazing. up Job. You know, Job yeah. is one of the main characters in the Bible who his relationship with God was exemplary, mm. but he didn't have a church. He didn't have scripture mm. to read. He was living a life that honored God and experiencing him in the real day-to-day life yeah. that he was living. Yeah. And yeah. again, not to say that we shouldn't go to church or do those other things, right. but I do think that Christians have a tendency to isolate themselves from the real world and their relationship with God is one compartment their relationship with work, their spouse, these other mm-hmm. things, totally different compartment. Yeah. When how we're wired, we're supposed to find the adventure and the life givingness yeah. and all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent agree. Yeah. And then, and then, um, it's, it's fascinating that you say that because still going along with going back to like the whole church thing, um, they would, we were talking about this too, how, uh, I guess in a way to maybe capture some of like the adventure and some of that, like, wow, right. Mm-hmm. Churches would bring that in and then they would internalize it. And then they would call it like an experience, like sun- yes! the Sundays, right. Internally. So for those that are listening that aren't on the, or haven't been a part of like the inside conversations of what goes on um, behind, like just the planning of church. Yeah. We, I, at least uh, uh, the church that we went to, it was uh, it was always like based around the Sunday experience, yes. and that was supposed to be the moment where you'd feel that like, I guess adventure is kind of like a loose term, but you'd feel that like adrenaline, excitement, yeah. pump up energy of like following Jesus, and it was supposed to come back and draw you back yeah. in, and like that was supposed to be the that was supposed to be the soul's like pit stop, if you will, to get yes. filled up for the rest of the week, and then. Yeah, we never really talked about, well, yeah. what about all the rest of the world that God made good yeah. that you can still enjoy that that yeah. that can do that to the soul as well? It was almost this culture of the more you can remove yourself from the normal life yeah, and take that time, that energy, and put it into a church activity, yeah, the more you will find that joy or that yeah. you know, life-giving yeah. experience. And I feel like both of us being, we were in that church for a long time for yes. five, you know, five plus years. Yeah. Andrew literally got to the point where he was like, had given up his job <laughs> to work in the church, like removed him from a real job, put him in the yeah. church, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And what's interesting is I would say both of us on a spiritually happy level, by the time we left, we're probably at both of our lows. Yeah. Even though we had been giving up thing after thing after thing to get more and more involved. Right. Because that, it's just a lie. Yeah. You know, what was presented yeah. of leave all this, only be in the church. That's how you experience yeah. God. Well, and then we were both talking about our places where we most experienced joy in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Mine was, I think my like pinnacle, the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, how I never experienced this before was Glacier yes. and being like totally away from the church. I think I was processing church in general and like Christians and like yeah. where I fell and things like that. But I still loved God, knew God, wanted to be close to God and yeah. really drew close to him. But there was no church. Yeah. There's just a bunch of people who love Jesus. Yep. Hanging out. Yep. Yeah. That's lit. And I think 
so that's something that we're both process because I, I told Andrew this. I was like, I think where I was was so toxic, stuck in legalism, yeah. stuck in a lot of stuff that was super unhealthy, but connected yeah. to my relationship with God, going to Glacier, being forced to leave all of that behind. Yeah, you could good. You couldn't get your affirmation of where you are with God from church because there wasn't a church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. That was so life giving. And now, as he's back in Colorado, I'm back in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. We're figuring out, okay, that was such a blessing from God, but how do we not stay there? Yes. Because as Andrew mentioned in his podcast on the church, the church is a gift. It is right. meant to be an integral part of our experience with God. Yeah. And just because we experience freedom from what we had in the mm. church doesn't mean that we're supposed to stop at this, you know, place where we exclusively experience God in nature or with yeah. friendships, you know? Yeah. What has been your process thus far? Have you come to a place where you figured it out? Oh no. Right. Like how do you, yeah. where, cause I think we both talked about like, we both still, yeah. we both go to church, Yeah. but it feels weird sometimes. We, which I don't know if any of you guys listen to the Mars Hill podcast. I yeah, feel like Andrew's was, probably mentioned it before. I've mentioned that a few times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, they had a bonus episode that Andrew mm. suggested I listen to. And I think... I'll link it. Yeah, it's really good. It was, it kind of revealed where we're probably both at a little bit, where going back into a church, sitting down in those kind of settings, it does result in physical reactions, yeah. mental reactions, yeah. because we're still unlearning yeah. how that isn't Jesus. That's yeah. not God. Those things that we associate with that, you know, but, but I feel like for myself, I'm at this weird middle ground where I go to church a couple times a month, partially because I'm gone so much right. on the weekends. Um, but I still haven't got to where I feel comfortable serving in a church or being mm. regularly involved in Bible studies through the church or things like that. And I hope that one day God will continue to work through me to get me to the point where I can do that. Yeah. But right now I do separate. I'm so careful to not just jump back into that for the sake of doing that. Yeah. And so my study of scripture looks like me and a couple of friends, we go to a Sunday church service. We don't go to any activity there. We go home and we take out John mm. and we're reading John together while we're drinking tea and just asking who Jesus yeah. is and what yeah. he wants from us. Yeah. And that, podcast episode you're talking about not only talks about like the right the like literally physical effect that you can have if you've yeah. had a traumatic experience um with church which a lot of us have yeah but i think something that was cool about that particular episode was like the freedom to the freedom not to have to like like full send back to the church yeah. and like figure it out and process it yeah and then but it is challenging when you know that the church is like designed by Jesus, yeah. like it ultimately serves like a really important purpose. Yeah. And I think I had a, almost an FU attitude to the church yeah. for a little bit there. Yeah. Where same I was in like, Glacier. Yeah. yeah I was the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I felt very justified in that of, we don't need you. We can yeah. do it on our own. And the more I engage with the Lord, I realized that's also not true, yeah. you know? Um, but one thing that I would say, if you, I'm just now thinking about this, if you guys are in a church right now, or maybe you grew up like a similar where you've just always been in some sort of Christian setting, and yet you listening to us can't really identify or connect with having that awe moment with God or that freedom where it just feels good to be mm. in a relationship with God, I would challenge you, like, look back how much of your 
communal experience within Christianity involves people that you actually know and love. Yeah. Like, are you just going to a building, attending services? Yeah. Maybe you even meet with people, but you never see them outside of that setting. Yeah. That is so hard to grow in your faith. Huge. And to experience Huge. God outside of actual real life people you know and love and are Christians. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah because in churches kind of navigate to like the small group model, which yeah. I get, but then at some like sometimes you're part of a small group and the only connection that you truly share is Jesus. Yes. And then that's but that's communicated that that's enough. Yes. It's like you guys all love Jesus, so you're on mission together with Jesus, so that's enough. Yeah. And then by some point that breaks down because you don't actually have like a natural like friendship yes. with these people or see these people afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so then how well how, we and we were talking about house churches. How yeah. is that different than with house churches? So I've never been a part of a house church yeah, yet, but the more, <laughs> I love how we're like, everyone go get in a house church. Yeah, everyone go get in a yeah. house church. We've never been a part of one, but yeah. it sounds awesome. I've attended a couple in college, like people would invite me to theirs. Yeah. Um, one was in Korean, so that's why I never kept going there. I didn't that's speak what, Korean, yeah, but that, the vibe was cool. <laughs> that would pose an obstacle. <laughs> um, but I've been thinking, you know, when you think about the function of the church, Part of why it's so weird is because we're trying to have it those functionalities happen outside of real relationships, mm. even confronting sin. Mm. You know, I look back at some of the like church discipline or confrontation of sin that took place when I was a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, those people weren't even known by those people yeah. in the church, Ooh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whereas for you and I, if I'm having an attitude, then I get a, you know, a call out from you, Joe, how does that honor the Lord? Right. Or right. Me, um, Andrew, was that respectful to right. your wife? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Things like that, because we're in a real relationship with each other. We are able to exercise our spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we're also able to confront sin and yeah. to worship God together. Yeah. Um, and I think that a house church facilitates that because you are creating an environment where it's not just we do this religious activity together and then we do our real life. Yeah. It's we, our religious activity and our real lives are one and the same. Yes. You know, yeah. um, and I don't, you know, we're blessed to have all these friends that are Christians that we can find that community through. But I know a lot of people... The right. church serves the function of finding Christians, yep. but it's, are you connecting then with people in that church that makes sense in your real life? Yeah. You know, people that you're going to go out and go on a hike with if you're yeah. in Colorado or yeah. maybe work together or live in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, um, so Red Rocks, there's a lot of Red Rocks campuses here and um, we were attending one of them for a while and it was yeah. like, one of the things I think they did really well but i think it, it stopped at one point like it they it only served one purpose is they would pull people that have similar interests together mm. like they would do like a bouldering one or like yes. a, like a cycle i don't know whatever whatever hobby people do yeah they would like have groups that are just for that which to your point like is the first step to real community is like we're not just people who love jesus we're people who are like we love something or we love a hobby or activity yes. or like a certain lifestyle together. And so we can enjoy it together. And then that creates like a foundation to go deeper yeah. and like actually build a real relationship because <laughs> it's, it's it kind of, it's kind of backward. It's like, Hey, let me put you in a relationship where the basis is Jesus. And you're going to go straight to the heart of heart of community, which yeah. is the soul level stuff that Jesus can move and impact. And then we're like, just 
you do, hey, everyone in this small group, just go right there <laughs> and talk about, hey, what are you struggling with? Yes. And what are the difficulties with? And like literally, like I've been a part of small groups where like I, I've never hung out with anyone outside of that group. And yet, like the expectation on the group is I'm supposed to be sharing like the most vulnerable part of myself with this group. Yeah. It's just so and, backward. Okay, and then the phrase doing life together, you get that all the time with these that small was a big, groups. That was a big LU thing. Yeah. And then you're never <laughs> like, it's not, it's not connecting you with people that it's realistic for you right. to do life together with, yeah. you know, which is, yeah. And that's why I think there's so much loneliness inside the church, which yeah, you would think that we wouldn't have loneliness, yeah. but People attend small groups where they yeah. feel this pressure to share things or to be experiencing something that they're not experiencing, yeah. think that they're the problem or they're the issue. And it's like, yeah. no, you just removed all of your religious experience from real life. That's right. what happened. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or the, like, the expectation is if you yeah. just get plugged in and like throw yourself into serving that you'll find community. But yeah. I used to know so many people that were like crazy lonely but they were like really plugged into the church yeah and but it was just never real connection like they knew a lot of people but they never hung out with any of those people outside of the church yeah which i'm i'm thinking of um have you read c.s lewis's four loves uh i don't think i have i mean i know i've i've read snippets but i don't think i've actually read his book one of my favorite parts of that book is he taught he describes the difference between like romantic love and friendship love yeah and i think a lot of times in the church we're trying to make these awkward connections or these force these things that aren't even real connections. Whereas friendship love is when you just have a common interest. And because of that, it bonds you over those things that you enjoy, which as believers, we all have Jesus as our common interest. But when you also have other common interests rooted in reality of what you're doing day to day, that's where it lets you really sink into that deeper level of friendship. And it takes so much time. Oh so yeah! So to like start at like a lifestyle yeah. thing that that we could, you could enjoy together. Yeah. That like curates a foundation for trust, and then you build that, and yeah. you build that, and then ultimately you do start talking about deeper things and soul level things. But it's more yeah. like it feels like a natural progression towards it. Yeah. And I see the way like again, I see the way Morgan Snyder and John Eldridge and all these guys from which I think they're actually all in Colorado. They they leverage the outdoors. So going back to the yes. adventure, like they leverage the outdoors as a kind of a means for people to begin building trust with one another. Whether it's yes. like a hiking trip or a hunting trip or a camping trip or a fishing trip. Yeah. Whatever that is, it's like I'm just gonna get people that like doing this together and then through those experiences will form kind of like a fundamental relationship where we can ultimately go deeper. Yeah. Did you ever go on any of the um did you ever go to like a conference or anything like um, that through our church or with LU? Oh, no. No? But I loved hearing about them was always best. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was and actually I was just talking to my boss about this. Yeah. Um, because like you go to these conferences, you spend a lot of money on all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the most ironic part about the conferences is I was like, that's the pinnacle. Like that's why we that's why we're going. Is yeah. To go to and typically we drive there and the drive is like anywhere from four to like eight hours long. It's usually one day. We usually yeah. don't spend the night and then finish the drive. It's always like one one day drive distance. Yeah. Anyway, like it didn't matter what conference we went to. Every single time we come back for the conference, it was always about like 
the drive and how great the drive was not the conference not the conference at all yeah like we really talked about the conference we're like we're like man just like oh i had all these amazing conversations on on the way there <laughs> with these with like because you're with each other for eight hours yeah and, and, the, and you're just like you're there you know you're just yeah. kind of like enjoying being with one another and there's no yeah. expectations to like go deep there's no right. really expectations to talk about jesus you're but then just you there do because, go deep because yeah you're just existing together. yes yeah you're just like living life literally you're living life together in that moment yeah no expectations and then ultimately it always seemed to go there yeah you're like you're talking about your life you're talking about your story you're talking about things you like you talk yeah and you, so you start building this fundamental relationship and then it's like oh and then there's this breakthrough moment where someone pulls the trigger on being vulnerable that frees everyone else to be vulnerable yeah but that feels so much more natural it feels so much more natural to like progressively go towards that than just to get thrown in with the expectation yeah. to go there um which is why i think small groups can be so um so challenging but i do love and that in that in and of itself like that tr that trip is is a form of adventure yeah which i love like bringing it back to the adventure side of things it's like we're gonna go out here to a place we've never been yeah. with people we don't really know and we're all gonna do this together and yeah. that creates a sense of like camaraderie and then you're like ah i trust this person i could be with this person yeah. and i feel like that happens with um moments like this when we're on hikes or yeah. when we're doing like these uncomfortable adventures together it opens <laughs> up the soul for that kind of stuff yeah which if you look because I, so I've started reading the Bible again from the beginning. Yeah. And that is so how God shows people himself in the Old Testament too. It's not mm. it's not like the patriarchs of our faith were sitting down and they went to like a theological seminary for 8 years and that's how they got so close to God. Right. And they did this mission trip like he calls Abraham and says, I want you to get up and start going. Yeah. Like he doesn't tell him where. Yeah. He doesn't tell him what he's going to do. Similar with Moses. Yeah. I relate to Moses so hard because I now I have learned to love the adventure with Jesus and love when he calls yeah. me to crazy things. Yeah. But when Moses first starts on his trip, he's literally standing next to a burning bush and God is calling him. Yeah. And he asks him multiple times, like gives him all the excuses of why he's yeah, not qualified yeah, yeah. and then says... He, he runs out of excuses and finally just admits, I don't want to go. Can you send Aaron, my brother? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how often have I felt like that with like, the Lord is calling me to something good and something cool, yeah. but I know that that is going to be so outside of my comfort zone. And Always. so such a price to pay in that adventure that yes. I'm just trying to bow out of the adventure, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. Hashtag South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're like, yeah. you're like, if I were to like literally list all of the states from ones I want to be in to ones I don't want to be in. I'm sure South Dakota would probably make it on like the bottom five. Oh my gosh, Kansas. I don't even know if Kansas is worse. <laughs> but so small context, I, I've been in South Dakota for about two years. Yeah. Two years ago. Which is I, big for Joe. Oh my gosh, guys. My commitment is I struggle with commitment so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love hopping from one thing to the yeah. next. Um, and I think that Christian, one thing I don't like is I do think that Christians overhype the phrase God told me or God called me. Yeah. I feel like we use it yeah. way overuse it, yeah. but I do have a few moments in my life where almost like when I called you about Glacier, you knew yeah. that was God, like For sure. nothing else. And me coming to South Dakota was one of those moments. Really crazy how I got there. Another story for another day, but I was convinced Jesus himself mm. was telling me, pick up your stuff, move to South Dakota. Yeah. And my response was very Moses, like, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> and two years in, you know, I've seen all these blessings that he has done, mm. all this 
from a spiritual standpoint, financial, mental, emotional, like all these things that God has done mm. through picking me up and putting me there. But it's humbling to realize like sometimes I'm not even sometimes I'm not on an adventure because I choose it. Sometimes I'm on an adventure because God yeah. knows I need it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and from anyone else looking at that situation, it would be like they would say, You're going from chaotic lifestyle to like organized structured <laughs> but for you that was its yeah. own adventure because like living in the routine is yes. uncomfortable in its own way yes because for me yeah. I have now my life has become such that the more chaotic the more often I'm moving that has in a weird way become a comfort zone yes to me. yeah you yeah you thrive yeah. in that yeah. yeah I'm like okay perfect I can do anything for three months at a time yeah but to get called you know out of an adventurous lifestyle like that where I was moving doing yeah. random jobs meeting new friends every four months to go from that to okay now move to the city mm -hmm. i want you to work in insurance yeah <laughs> i want you to invite some people there and you're all going to live in the same place for three yeah. years yeah you know just a whole that to me is not my comfort zone and right. that's where i found growth which if there's any other enneagram sevens out there that struggle that's with right. that kind She's of stuff an enneagram seven sometimes letting god grow you through the mundane through yeah. the silence through the boring has caused way more growth in me than any of the things that are crazy out of their comfort zone for other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the bottom line is if you follow Jesus, you'll always be called out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Whether that's adventure in the traditional sense of like literally going out yeah. of your comfort zone into chaos or in your sense going into chaos, which feels comfortable <laughs> into the more Stability. mundane routine. Yeah. yeah. He's always calling you into something that yeah. is uncomfortable because that's how the soul yeah. grows and i think if you fixate on the price of the adventure you'll always you'll never choose the adventure mm. because there that parable in the new testament mm. this so much of this we thought we we're going to just repeat our conversation from yesterday yeah, so this but is new. this is new yeah <laughs> um the parable in the New Testament where that guy buries, he has like a pearl of great price that he figures out is buried in a field. And oh, I'm totally yeah. picturing that. Yeah. But so often we tell that story and we're like, this guy went out and he sold everything that he had. Right. And he like, you know, he made this incredible sacrifice to experience this item. Right. And that's right. how we compare it to Jesus. Right. But I'm like, that's the same as if me, Joanna Salkup, who's a 27 year old, had to drain my 401k, sell my car, and drain my checking and savings to go out and get a $500 million painting. Yeah. Like, am I going to be telling people how much I gave up or am I going to be bragging about the deal I got? Right, right. You know? And so often with Jesus, we're like, well, he asked me to give up this and I had to make this sacrifice. Right. And, you know, all of this, we're fixating on this stupid cheap price right. <laughs> that we pay to experience this incredible thing yeah. that should have cost us way more. Yeah. And a lot of my spiritual experiences with Christ that have been so rich and so good, yeah, they cost me what I had. Right. You know, but I would challenge you if maybe you feel like God is asking you, like calling you to an adventure, but you're just looking at the price and fixating, yeah. you know, in order to follow God in this, I'm going to have to give up this and this and this. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah wake up and look at what you're getting when you get to experience Jesus right, and say right. yes to him. You know? Yeah, I feel like if we were to look at any of those sell this to get this yeah. like moments that Jesus called us into, I don't think we'd ever look back on any of them with like any sort of regret. Yeah. Because we're like, 
and it, and it seemingly continues to pale in comparison the longer you live. Like yes. the thing that felt like it was everything to you. Yeah. But you chose to say yes to what God was asking you. Gave that up for what he yeah. had for you. You look back on 5, 10, 15 years later and you're like, that is nothing compared to what I ended up getting. For what he now. gave you from that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I do, I do feel like even yeah. now it's easy to get caught up in the in the cost. Yeah. Because the cost well, is real. And it has real impact on your life. And if yeah. you're married, like, like has impact <laughs> on your lifestyle with your spouse. Like it does yeah. have huge implications, but yeah. So Kayla and I were actually talking about this while we were hammocking today because we were talking about how often when you already feel poor to begin with, it's so much easier to give up stuff to follow Jesus. So even thinking mm. about like when we went to Glacier, mm -hmm. part of the reason that was so easy for you to say yes to a phone call was because you had been stripped yeah. of community, of a job, of like, yeah. you know, status. You had all these things that were taken away. Yeah. Yeah. So in a place of poverty, yeah. it's not as scary to say, okay, God, because what are you really right. giving up? But fast forward, now we have big girl and big boy jobs. Yeah. We make a lot more money than we used to. We right. have all this stability, all these things. And so it's so easy to feel like, okay, now it's my job to like provide for my family. And it's my job to right. like root us spiritually and lose sight of that adventure that God has you on. That's yeah. like, no, you're still in your job and I gave you all these things, but I still want you to live recklessly abandoned right. and be ready to say yes at a moment's notice, which in your case happens to be that you're having a baby. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you went from, we have this one year plan yeah. where we can, you know, do all these things to all of a sudden, yeah. oh my gosh, now it's a lot scarier because right. we're having this kid a year earlier than we thought and I'm yeah. going to have to trust God. But really that's an adventure that he's calling to right. you. That's probably going to result in you and Kayla having a deeper relationship with him. But I think it's scarier to go on adventures with him when you're starting not in a place of poverty. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Because sometimes, oh gosh, yeah. Is it's, well, scripture would say, right? Like it is harder for the rich man to fit through. Yeah. Or did, it's like, a, what was the what was the analogy? I know he's, um, it was like rich man and then. Oh, it's easier for. A camel to fit through the eye of a needle, needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom yeah. of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have it all together. Yeah. They're self-sufficient. They're self-reliant. And then the call to like a adventure or you use, I like the word reckless. Yeah. Something that doesn't feel thought out, strategic or self-benefiting, yeah. which yes. often recklessness doesn't. It's, yeah. But in God's perspective, it obviously is very, very, and in God's way, not being like reckless, like just go be reckless. <laughs> right? There's obviously like God's yeah. source of recklessness is obviously yeah. hugely wise. And I think we get so used to being like, it's like when you're looking back on a hike or on an adventure yeah. season, things like that, you're like, oh, that was so worth the pain. Yeah. But then you yeah. do start to get really comfortable on your couch and like you don't necessarily feel, even though you have all these good memories of how beautiful the views yeah. were, how worth it was, that like oomph to get started on your next hike, yeah. you kind of want to yeah. sit there and not really do That's anything. That's so true. It's like, know? oh man, the couch feels really great right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I could just be here for a little bit longer. <laughs> I don't need to go on another hike yeah. where I'm like killing myself. And but I, that's it. You just you just hit it because it's like, when I think of going on another 14er, which I still want to do before the season ends, I think yeah. of all the pain that's going to cost me yes. rather than like, but I know that if I do it, I'll, I will never regret that. And I'll feel yeah. like I experienced something that I never would have before. I initially focus on the pain, the pain and the cost <laughs> of it. 
And I think we, oh, I haven't thought of this yet either. I think we get, we confuse appropriate rest yeah. with, then we want to latch onto that as permanent comfort. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. after you do a hard hike, it is logical and appropriate. Your body's going to be tired. You want to yeah. rest for a couple of days. Yep. Now what happens is you can either use that time to rest, refresh, and then go out on your next adventure, your next hike. Right. But some people turn that into, okay, now I'm really comfortable eating potato chips and never working out. And right. you, know, you see your life change. I think a lot of times for me, just life stage wise, mm. I go through a really hard, difficult, but adventurous season where God rocks my world. I have this crazy experience. I go through this reckless abandonment, learn all these beautiful things. And then he naturally pushes me into a season of rest. Yeah. Well, then I get really comfortable in that rest. Yeah. And I get so frustrated when he's now, okay, you rested. Let's do the next yeah, thing. Yeah, let's go back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm chilling on my couch. Like, yeah, I'm really yeah, comfortable. Yeah. You know, and I lose sight of the fact that like God gave me both of those seasons. And if he's calling me to the next one, like it's time mm. and he has something beautiful in that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And he knows the soul. I mean, he created the soul. So he yeah. knows that we're never supposed to be. We're never supposed to be in a permanent place of adventure and we're never supposed to be in a permanent place of rest. Mm. But they both are necessary. Yeah. I, I keep thinking and I use I've used this story a lot in the podcast. But can you think of like the story of Elijah where he like does this crazy thing, and then fire, right? Pillar of fire. Yeah. And then he gets like wildly depressed. <laughs> Remember? And then he like Hashtag sleeps a bunch. Me. Yeah. He like sleeps and eats a bunch. Yeah. And that was appropriate. God yeah. obviously didn't condemn him for that. So yeah. it was like crazy adventure. Burned yeah. out for some reason. Yeah. Like, burned out because of that. Became wildly depressed and needed to rest. Yeah. And then literally God's like, okay, you've rested long enough. Now you have to come to yeah. the mountain which is 40, I don't know how long it was. It's like 40 miles oh, away or 40 so days, 40, I don't know what it was, but it was like, yeah. all right, now you have to come out into the desert. That yeah. sounds like a fun house. <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks, God. Right? You had to come out to the, but then he experienced God in a brand new way mm. through that adventure. Yeah. And then there's another season of rest and then he goes and he obviously takes down the queen, which yeah. is like, but it is a journey. It's ups and downs and it's full of yeah. um, invitations to adventure. Yeah. Which is what we're predominantly talking about. And then also invitations to rest. You can't, I don't think the soul can ever stay in one of those yeah. places forever. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah. And you know that you've, you've experienced <laughs> that too. It's like, you're like, I love adventure. I love chaos. And then you like live that too long and you're like, okay, no, I'm done. I'm like, yeah, I did take like an hour nap today. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I hit my wall. Yeah. You hit your wall. You hit your wall because yeah, the soul can't yeah. do, the soul can't be in one spot for that long. And I think when I, I'm like processing all this when I don't want to go on those adventures anymore. When I get like overwhelmed because I can feel God waking me up from that yeah. rest. Like, okay, Joe, it's you time. had this break. It's time. Yeah. When I get hesitant and scared and fight that the most is when I've stepped the most away from remembering who God is. Mm, because yeah. if you're not looking at his character, which comes through the word, through nature, through yeah. all these things, it's really hard to trust you know, it feels like jumping out of a parachute or out of a plane without a parachute. Yeah. But when you know you have that parachute, when you know who God is, right. it can be a really fun thing. Right. To jump out of a plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Which you did. <laughs> I did. Which you did with my wife. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And then, all right, let's let's tie. I want to tie it back to the church one last time, and then we yeah. can we'll wrap it up. Gosh, this has gone an hour. Yeah. What are we? <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Like that's five so minutes. good. <laughs> um. So how does that all tie into community? Mm. And then how yeah. do we, 
and I guess I'll, I'll make it broader. It doesn't have to be yeah. like the church, like a building. Cause I don't think either of us believe that's what it is. It's like church, yeah. the people. So how does it tie? How does that lifestyle of like Day. the soul going from seasons of adventure to seasons of rest, ultimately both of those are opportunities to experience Jesus. But yeah. then he would, he would say, you need other people to do this with. So then how does that work within? You know what? I'm processing this while we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that me and you, we needed rest from the church. Yes. And God is probably about to wake us up from that rest. And I we, would say so, yeah. We've gotten comfortable. Yeah, we know? got comfortable not going to church. <laughs> we're like, oh, we feel better when we just like kind of stay distant. From it that it is. Uh, yeah, it's far more comfortable. Yeah. Because we both know, I mean, we're all imperfect people. Yeah. So a group of imperfect people calling themselves the church is still going to have a bunch of problems. Yeah. And we're so much more comfortable like keeping that arm's yeah. length because we know what it could be. Yeah. Than it re-embracing we're, potentially something beautiful, but also yeah. there's a cost yes. to all of that. Yeah. And I think what, I think for church, for us, what that's going to look like is trusting God's character enough to be like, okay, yeah. he's not going to take us back to this right. place that we were in. Right. But he is like tapping on us and being like, hey, Andrew, hey, Joe, I gave you guys a lot yeah, of you rest. Need you needed that. Yeah. You don't need that anymore. Right. Like you're ready for me to bring you back into my community, back to my bride, back to this thing that I love. Yeah. And like it's time to to trust me enough to step back into that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's scary. It is, it is scary <laughs> for sure. We were yeah. talking, this is actually a good way to segue um to the end here because we were yeah. both talking about our experiences with the church and that, yeah. that negative side of things and the cost associated with all that yeah and then we got kind of on like a futuristic like hopeful yeah. perspective of the church which was this idea of unity shout out yeah. to francis chan who talks about that literally all the time it's like the only thing yeah. he talks about that's actually how we got on house churches yeah was because like they seem to exhibit like a deeper level of yeah. unity which so, maybe that's like a next thing for us is like yeah you know, stop running from the church and find a house church. Make a house church. Yeah, make a house church, find yeah. a house church, be a part of the church. <laughs> yeah. Because if Christians are supposed to exemplify the mm. deepest level of unity with one another, and that's the main message of the gospel. Yeah. Then, yeah, it feels like, gosh, I'm mm. not really doing that the best way that I can. Yeah. Yeah. We checked out of that a little bit. I we think. checked out of that yeah. for an appropriate season. Yeah. And now we're being called back in potentially yeah. with like refinement or potentially like we've, we've experienced God differently that yeah. way. Maybe we can bring that. Like bring some of that rest into the church. Yes. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I do think, you know, because of our relationship and the relationships that we have with other followers of Jesus, when you have people that exhibit that deepness of a relationship, but yeah. you... You're you're not distance, right? Like you're in South Dakota, Jonathan's in California. Yeah. Keith, who's been on the podcast, he's in Brazil. Yeah. When you have like a group of people that are all local, yeah, that are at that level, like our level, you Jonathan's can level, change the world. That's you literally can the, the world. unity that's supposed to be exemplified. Yeah. And it's actually attractive. Yeah. Like you were saying that you were talking to a friend who like, actually you you're talking to multiple friends. And I have a few conversations, not as many yeah. with, that you are, that you have, but you talk to multiple friends that, that don't, they were either part of the church or, or no longer part of the church or, or they just see the church as like a cult. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> but it, it's, yeah, it's something that it's not like, a, it's not attractive. Yeah. It's not, but if there was, if there was a, but when he sees me and my wife and you, and we're yeah. all hanging out together, 
it's attractive. Yeah. Like there's something about that. They're like, they're obviously very different. They're not partaking on the same things that I'm doing or they're not yeah. making the same like lifestyle decisions that I'm making. They abstain from certain yeah. things, but they together collectively seem so full of life. Yeah. Like there's something attractive about that. And yeah. I think that's what like we're called to do as in the actual church, like, yeah. like church to church, not just people yeah. being the church, but like the actual coming together. So like if we can ch- exemplify that, I do think people who question church yeah. would, would end up finding it somewhat enticing. Yeah, which is interesting because oh man, we could cut me off when you're ready because yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah we'll keep, this is good. This is good. We opened up <laughs> a little. Well, we were yeah. talking about how many of these mega churches that we've been in yeah. or we've observed, they take all these resources, the money, the finances, the time, yeah. the people, and they dump them into this one hour event on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday, yeah. Under the guise or excuse of we need to do this so that lost people in the world are going to be attracted right, to Jesus. Right. Right. When it's like that doesn't attract people to Jesus. That's weird. That's cult like. That's right. showmanship like. That's yeah, fake. Yeah. But just existing in real relationship with other believers, yeah. loving God and then loving them. Yeah. That's where all my friends who don't share the same faith as me, that's where they will say, I do believe in God in that instance, or I see God in yeah. that. And that's like the part of Christianity that makes sense to them yeah. and draws them in compared to all those other things that we try to present to you you know show them yeah i think and somehow god still uses those other moments like god's still good and like people do like find jesus in the more experiential side of church yeah but funny enough so i think um and i don't think like veil church is like this i don't know but one (laughs) of the most interesting things about veil church was like they felt like it's a smaller church than than i think both of us are used to yeah they they seemed like they really knew each other and then they were really welcoming to us. Yeah. Which was like very attractive. Yeah. It had nothing to do like, I, I don't remember the service. I don't remember any of that. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember anything about that Sunday service other than feeling like their expression of love for each other like outpoured mm, to me. And yeah. like, like, like it was, and I knew that because it was like, we ended up meeting Scott. Remember yeah. that? uh um, scott oh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah who who's no longer but was a part like running that a young adult ministry but it was mm-hmm. like instantly came in instantly was greeted by somebody and not just like greeted like welcome <laughs> to here. welcome to so-and-so here's the service yeah. but like oh you guys are new which is which goes to the fact Shows that they that knew they their knew community they yeah. knew each other they loved each other you guys are new hey we're so happy that you're here you know, they chatted with us. How, you know, why are you in the valley? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, you yeah. should check out this ministry. Let me talk. Let me get you in touch with Scott. It wasn't yeah. like a, it wasn't like a, send me your email so I can follow up after the service. <laughs> fill it was, out this connect card. Yeah, fill out this <laughs> connect card. It was literally like, I'm taking your hand. I'm bringing you to this guy named Scott. Scott said, oh, I have people right here that yeah. are a part of this ministry. Hey, meet this person, this person, this person. And we're all like, whoa. Yeah, a little, a little overwhelming, but also like, this is so cool that they are so connected with one another. Like that's super attractive. Yeah, and I feel like people who came in outside the church, into like that environment. Yeah, it was attractive from that angle. Like the service. So what? They right. kept coming back because it was like all these people really love each other and care about, and then they love me. Yeah. like it was like this crazy outpouring of like their love for each other poured out to me i got a taste of it i was like that's super attractive i want to know more yeah and then they learned they were they were yeah. open to jesus and all that other stuff right yeah which is so crazy Dang. yeah 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 that's a good example yeah yeah sometimes i knock veil church 
but they actually do a really great job with <laughs> they that. They also had really good donuts. So they did have really good donuts. Yeah, food, food makes food. Yeah, yeah. Jesus always did a lot, of, a lot of stuff around food. Our friendship has a lot of food. All of our, yeah, our friendship we made has hot a lot dogs of food in the food. rain. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think to you know to kind of bring it home, I think uh, we we our souls are meant for adventure, which. Yeah always requires stepping out of mm. our comfort zone into the uncomfortable yeah and then our souls also require rest mm. it ha- there has to be both yeah and it seems like the church is like this is just big picture it seems like it's a group of people all doing that thing yes moving into seasons of uncomfortability that god's calling him to and then and then moving into seasons of rest where they get to potentially rest in the church yeah. like rest with great community before god asks and calls them into another place of uncomfortability and, right. it, and it feels like the church is this group of people doing that together and they're so deeply connected with one another not just because of jesus but yeah. generally because they, they live with each other in, right. in and of each other's lives and they know each other that deeply that we become quite literally, as Jesus would say, we become like this light or beacon to the world. It's like these people are moving into places of challenge and yet they're doing it with this community of people that not just they show up on a Sunday, but they are so deeply integrated that they like encourage them in that challenge. They push them through that uncomfort and then they're ready to receive them in this season of rest. Yeah. It's like both. Dude, that's beautiful. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) How do we find that Joe? I don't know. How did all these random topics somehow fit together? I know it all fit, it all fits together for sure. And then I would say one more thing to all of that is, yeah. and we know this, but I think a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people are more overwhelmed when they. So it's like everyone wants that. Yeah, they're like, of course I want a community like that. Yeah. But then when you're kind of like marriage, it's like, yeah. oh, I love marriage. And then you're in marriage and you're like, <laughs> this requires so much work. Yeah. Which is totally like the, that community and unity. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you want it and you do. And it's like, yeah, you do want it because it is yeah. a beautiful thing. Like we, I think both of us are like, oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. But then when you're in it, it requires like a ton of work. Yeah. And it requires a lot of self-sacrifice and it requires a yeah. lot of like um, giving of yourself for, for helping someone else that's being called into that place of uncomfortableness yeah. and you give up your time and your things that you enjoy for that. Yeah. But it's beautiful because not only do you develop a stronger relationship there, maybe you get a taste of what God is trying to teach that person. Maybe you learn more about that person. Maybe yeah. you create a, a framework of, of rest for that person. Like it just becomes a really beautiful family. Um, but it's it's challenging. It's difficult. And I think yeah. when when you're pushed away from that, it can be really easy to keep that at arm's length. Mm. Yeah, it could be like if you've had a negative experience in church like we've had or, yeah. or maybe even worse. Obviously, there's like your Mars Hill level, right? Yeah. Like it can be really easy to like look at church and keep it at arm's length. And then also, I think those people know that to get close to it again requires mm. a lot of like self-giving. And you've almost lost sight of everything good that came yeah you lost out out everything your... good yeah so you're like, why would i give all of myself to this yeah because i'm not going to get anything back and then people i feel wonder so if that out. would be like like people who have had that martel experience it's kind of like they hiked a 14er in the rain yeah and never saw the view and never... yeah and it's, yeah it's socked in yeah. they never saw anything yeah so they to, to them they're like why would i ever yeah. do that because they never experienced what that experience is supposed to give right. you yes whereas so that's a challenge too if you maybe you are 
you do believe in God, yeah. but you've like totally checked out of church. Yeah. I bet you've just been hiking in the rain and like have no idea yeah. what that type of yeah. community can be. Yeah. Someone's inviting you to hike another 14er and you're like, yeah. why the crap would I ever, would do, I ever that? do that? That was so <laughs> awful. And for the person that's doing the invite, yeah. if they knew the prior experience of that person, yeah. I think it would shape the conversation differently mm. because it's like, I know where the, you're coming from. Yeah, I know where you came from. And I know that was a really unpleasant experience. So I'm going to give you space. Mm. And I think it's appropriate for you not to want to go on this yeah. because of your previous experience. But let me tell you, like, what? but if you do this, yeah. I promise you, like the views, you'll never experience anything like that ever again. Yeah. But it'll still be hard. Just like community. Yeah. Like it's still going to be challenging. It's still going to yeah. be hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Jumping back into community, specifically a Christian mm. community, is incredibly challenging. Yeah. And it's still going to rain on you. It's, it's just still not going to rain, rain the whole hike. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the views on top yeah. is immaculate. Yeah. And your soul will love it so much. Yeah. And I feel like that's the challenge for both of us in this new season and for anyone yeah. listening. Is yeah. Like our souls have hiked in the rain and the hail i think some of our souls have also experienced like there was like a few clouds that passed and we're like okay this is really beautiful yeah but we're like but the pain was not worth it <laughs> it sucked yeah and now we're being called who by either god or somebody else yeah to come back into it and yeah. say you're still gonna have to work towards it so yeah. still gonna be like a lot of miles of hiking and trudging yeah. through whatever but this is gonna fill your soul it's gonna fill your soul yeah yeah just like it just like a good adventure it's gonna be uncomfortable yeah just like a good adventure it's it's worth it yeah dang <laughs> i think that's a good that's a good summary <laughs> yeah that's a good we could keep going that's a great stop that's a point. great stopping point <laughs> yeah i really i really enjoy that okay so um that's our final challenge yeah. if your if your soul is in a place where um you've had negative experience in the past with any kind mm. of adventure and yeah. someone's calling you into it uh, Go for and, it's, it. and it's truly from Gab. It's, it's truly from God, whether that's him speaking to you or him speaking through somebody else. Yeah. It's going to be challenging, but it's going to be worth it. Go for it, guys. Go for it. Do, it the, do the thing. Quit the job. Do whatever you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> You'll look back and you won't have any yeah. regrets. Yeah. That's so good. All right, okay. Nanners. Thank you for being on the How's Your Soul podcast. I'd say anytime, but... Once a year. <laughs> once a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is good, but let's do this once. Once a year. All right, that's awesome. <laughs>